green card. Okay. If you are answering no to a question, you hold up the red card. It's a red both sides so that the people in front and behind you can see what you think. If you feel like a binary choice, yes or no, is not your cup of tea, just don't hold up a card. Okay, I don't want to trap you into saying things you don't want to say. It's giving you, um, and the world is not always yes or no, but let's just check this out. Let's see if it did. So, did you understand those instructions? <laughs> there had to be some red cards. Now, you go and think about what that answer meant. For, no, okay, no, I'm lost with it. I've, uh, just, just, uh, <laughs> when you've had enough sermon, no, I'm not going there. Okay, let's just do a little bit of test here. If you were offered chocolate, Um, would you like some chocolate? <laughs> okay, dark chocolate. All right, let's try tea. <laughs> coffee. Okay, let's just do a little check here. <laughs> Instant coffee. Yeah, look at all those hands that went down. What's that about? Uh, Coke. Pepsi. <laughs> okay, um, Ford. Holden. Okay, just just doing a check to you. Let's 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 the, the white chocolate, the chocolate that's not really chocolate. Older people we can give as Clayton's chocolate. Yep, yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, take a risk here. Crusaders. Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Yes. Highlanders. Okay, yep, yep, split on that. Okay, let's try, um, let's try meals. Um, broccoli. Oh, yeah, we, look, yep, yep. Oh, more than I, Brussels sprouts. Good heavens, there are green cards, I am surprised. Um, Southland Swede. Yeah. I'm just kidding, if you don't know. Okay, let's try some more. Okay, try this one. Dad, can I borrow the car? Now, I wonder if that one defines if you're a dad or not, okay? What about, who here wants wireless access that doesn't go off at night? Wireless access that doesn't go off at night. A lot of households, to try and make sure that kids sleep, they turn the wireless access. Uh, uh, yeah, and parents may have different answers to <laughs> kids. Okay. What about really big questions? Tom, this one's for you. Did I get, a jo did I get the job? Yes! <laughs> Yep. Um, there are ones you want to say no to. Do I have cancer? Yep. Um, wh what about uh, Missy, marry me? I mean, if you're going to ask someone to marry you, is that how you do it? <laughs> but that's one of those questions that you desperately want a yes to. So if I ask, will you marry me? I'm really only interested in one person. Yeah, good response, Linda. Well done. I know it's happened, but... And, and actually, some questions like that don't just get answered once. They get answered every day, because every day, that's a decision that, um, because Linda and I are married, a decision to carry on being married, to try and live that out. So some questions you answer every day. And if you're a, a kid in a family, then there's, you know, yes men and no men, or yes women and no women. Who are you going to ask? Actually, this is interesting. If you want to get a yes in your family when you're a kid, um, would you ask mum or dad? 
Everyone's a bit shy about revealing that one. Of course, it depends about what, doesn't it? In my family, if it was about technology, they'd come to me. Because <laughs> there's people we expect yeses from and people we expect noes from, aren't there? The yes and noes. And there have always been yes men and no men, and you generally you've figured it out. If you're asking mum or dad for an ice cream, you know which person you're going to ask. You ask the one that you think is most likely to say yes, which is how it used to work with gods and religion. People figured there were lots of gods out there, and if you were a farmer working in your field, so much was out of your control that you'd, the weather, pests, politics, there were a thousand ways for your plans to go wrong. And so you would figure out, well, who can I ask? Which god is most likely to say yes to me? And that's why in the Old Testament there's a lot of talk about the God of a place because they figured there'll be a God of this place and a God of that place. Uh, and so you may as well have the one that's going to say yes to you, kind of like any port in a storm. It was any God who will say yes. You don't want to say the gods that will say no, but then what was it going to take to get a yes from a God? Well, we know that um, Baal, people actually sacrificed their kids to try and get a yes from their God. We know that you'd, you'd have sacrifices. We know that the Greek and Roman gods were pretty much constantly squabbling, fighting over this, that, and the other. And the Romans and the Greeks both believed one of the worst things that could happen to you in your life was that you attract the attention of a God because they were fickle and they would mess with you. So while you wanted a way out of things, you were quite scared to approach these people course we're more mature than that we don't have gods like that we have our god figures and these are astonishingly like the roman and greek gods they are um, fighting amongst themselves they are, have characters and would you want to ask them for help well just think about it a moment How, what would it be to approach tony stark and say would you help me would you trust tony stark to help you what about the Hulk in green mode? What about Loki? You want to give me a... Anybody here came to, anybody came to ask Loki for help? That's the sense that people had about the gods of those days. What god do you ask? And then the Christian god in the Bible writes about a god who's quite different to this, is not fickle, is not um, capricious, this God creates the world out of generosity and loves us. And so creation is God's first yes to us. Yes. Now, there were times when God said no. There was a resounding no in the flood and the death of a whole bunch of people. And it's pretty awful to read. And actually a horrible, horrible, horrible um, story. Clearly in Genesis 7, God has reached a limit, just about wipes up the earth, but cannot bring God's self to say completely no. So then he's experimenting with yes. He chooses, says yes to Abraham and Moses. And there's this long line of yeses. As he follows through people, he says yes to you. And I want you to be blessing, to be a yes to others. And there's a yes into I'm giving you a name and a land. And the, a promised land, which is a yes, which is great. Only then there ends up being a no. There's an exile. Time and time again, the prophets had said, Israel, straighten up your act or it's going to go bad for you. A little bit like, has dad ever come into your room and said, you need to tidy your room? 
mum or dad, yeah. <laughs> I see that card. And, and, and they do it again and again and again and again. And exile is a, a bit like finally you come home, you go to go into your room, and all the stuff in your room is packed up in black plastic bags ready to go out into the dump. It's that kind of, I've had it. You've not tidied up your room, you're going to do it. It's a shocker. And the people of Israel are rolling with this no. And you can see them grappling. What do I do with this God who is not fickle but still might say no to us? And then we get to Jesus. Now, quick check. You reckon Jesus is God's yes or God's no? Hold up a card. It's not fair because you can say both. Yep. Yep. There, is, there are no's in God, aren't there? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I can see that. One of the songs, this last song we sang, had this chorus, all your promises are yes and amen. Remember that chorus? That comes from a part of a letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. The, it's his second letter. Paul had been involved in starting the Corinthian church, and it probably wasn't that surprising that he stayed in contact. Now, most of Paul's letters are reasonably cheerful. This is the letter where something has gone terrible for Paul. This is the second letter to them. Something's gone really bad. Some writers have said, it's not unlikely that Paul has suffered with depression, right? Because things have gone really badly, and the, the flavor of the letter is quite different. Things haven't gone the way he wants, and he, he writes about suffering in this letter, and one of the things that had gone on, he'd said to them, I'm going to come and visit you. He'd planned to go and visit the Corinthian church, and then things had got in the way. A little bit like some people here have been dealing with earthquake repairs, and you have heard it's going to be fixed. I, was, I wasn't going to mention our building, um, but I just kind of did. You know, you've been waiting for repair, and it's really tempting at some point to go, oh, it's just never going to happen. You know that feeling? That's, as far as we can tell, that's what the Corinthians felt like. It's never going to happen. You said you were going to cut, you say this and you say another. So here's what Paul who's, writes. Okay, so this is from 2 Corinthians. If you've got a Bible handy, cell phone, that kind of stuff, then you want to look it up. I'll put the passages up here, but it doesn't hurt to dwell on it. You may be asking why I changed my plan. You may think I make my plans carelessly. Do you think I'm like people of the world who say yes when they mean no? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. So Paul's saying, listen, I'm going to come and see you. What I said, that's what goes, that's going to happen. Reasonably clear? Did you get that? Just checking? Yep, yep. Uh, snores are pretty much a, a loud no, okay? But... I prefer not to have it. So he carries on. He's the one who Silas, Timothy, and I preached to you. That's he's saying, listen, that Jesus, because these guys were part of planting the church. This is, this is who we're talking about. And now, here we come. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. Actually, could you read that with me from the end? And as God's, whoop, we'll start that again. One, two, three. Three, and as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. And then the bit that we sing, the chorus that sticks in our head, goes like this. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. So, Paul says, he always does what he says. And then he says, all of the promises that God has made have actually been fulfilled in Christ. Christ, with not just a yes, but a resounding yes. Now, what does a resounding yes look like? 
an amen, a yes. I, I was thinking about it and I thought that maybe it was, um, you know, when someone scores a try and they do the dance or the thing, the jiggle. Yep. Now, once you become a dad, there's no way for, I love this. Uh, is it, have you just had the one where he runs past, goes, sits in the seat and claps? It's like... <laughs> You have to do something. This isn't just a little yes. This is the best yes ever. In my family, I like the line that says, Tom, you got a job, so do the dance. Do No, he's not going. <laughs> you do something to celebrate. Now, I do want to have an invitation here. Was anybody game enough to come up on the stage and give us their yes with a, a little dance? Offer is there. Kids, adults, anyone brave enough? No, yeah, I see that card. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That kind of a, not just a yes, but a yes, and you do the dance. Or the, yeah, um, clearly, I, I, I'm a dad. I do dad dances. They're not quite so, yeah. I did establish a while earlier. I'm not trying to be cool. That ship has sailed. Okay. But it's not just a yes. It's a resounding yes. It's a, I can't sit still on my seat yes. That is how God fulfilled promises in God with a resounding yes. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And then he writes, and through Christ, other translations say in Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Now, when I was a very young Christian, someone talked to me about amen, and they, their teaching was that amen men means a bit more than yes. It's very emphatic. It's kind of like, let it be absolutely so. Let there be no doubt about it. And one of the funny things that happens in Scripture is the Hebrews were really into an echo. They, um, if you ever read Proverbs, have you noticed how Proverbs, they say something like, uh, this is not a proverb, I'm just making it up, a truly wise man never plays leapfrog with a unicorn. And then it will say, because that's a really dumb thing to do. You know, there'll be an echoey bit, a bit that comes back to it. That wasn't a real proverb, okay? Clearly, um, that you look for that in the Bible. Uh, I don't believe there's any unicorns in there. Um, and uh, yes, I kind of got myself off script there. You may have noticed. Um, the amen is us giving an emphatic yes. So what Paul says is God has said yes to us, a resounding yes, and we get to say yes back, amen, it should be that so. So it's, and so if we can do an example of this, for us that probably shouldn't just be a wave of hand, that should have something more of a jiggle in it, a resounding yes in reply. So let's just quickly try with your green card a Mexican wave. So here we go. <laughs> for all of God's promises are fulfilled in a resounding yes, that's not ours, that's God's yes, and through Christ our amen, let's do it. Uh, okay, you've just you're a bit more exuberantly than that. In fact, I'm going to be mean. Stand up when you do it. Here we go. Our amen. Thank you for not throwing beer cans in the air because they come down and hurt people. It's a Mexican wave of green cards. There's a yes and a yes. God's yes to us, bigger and resounding, and we get the chance to respond. So let me try and put that into easier language for us. Here it goes. Can you remember being picked on the, f uh, we're playing a game with kids, you're on the field, and are they going to pick me? 
You know, two captains. No, no one remembers that. Never happened to you. Yeah, yeah. I remember it. Jesus is the captain who says, I choose you. He says yes to you. And you still get to respond. You might say, I don't want to play for you. I'm leaving. But you still get to say yes back. God chooses you. Jesus is God's yes to us. And we say yes back by how we live our lives. Am I going to play on Jesus' team in the playground, the factory floor, at home alone when it's tough? Am I going to say yes? Or was it, ah, look, I liked being chosen, but really I've got other stuff to do? We respond to God. Here's another one. This is my my personal favorite. Has anybody, um, you know when a kid, a baby's really young, and, and you look across at them, and you kind of cover your face, and then you go, they think that's the best thing ever. I think because when you do this, you kind of disappear for them. And then you, and, and they figure it must be good because you're smiling. I, I really wouldn't do this. Okay, I, I, nah, nah, not a good call. Then we, they get a little bit older, and about three, uh, look, I'm not great with ages, there are better people at this. There's this glorious stage where you say, let's play hide and seek. And they go and they put their hands over their eyes, and because they can't see you, they think you can't see them. You know, so it's a bit like I'm playing hide and seek here. I'm hiding behind the pulpit. You can't see me. You can't see me, which is what it, when you're three, that's what it feels like. Yep. And so God's yes in Jesus is Jesus walking up and tapping you on the shoulder and saying, I found you. And your choice at that time is to say, yes. You found me. Or no, no, you can't see me. You can't see me. Jesus is God's yes to us. It's a picture of salvation. There's a writer um, who writes about grace who says this. What saves us is Jesus, and the way we lay hold of that salvation is by faith. And Faith is something that, in this book, I refuse to let it mean anything other than trusting Jesus. It is simply saying yes to him rather than no. At, at its root, a mere uh-huh to him personally, it, it is. It does not necessarily involve any particular theological structure or formulation. It does not entail any particular degree of emotional fervor. And above all, it doesn't depend on any specific repertoire of good works, physical, mental, or moral. It's just, yes, Jesus, until we die. Yes, Jesus, letting the power of his resurrection in our deaths do what it has done in his life. which is great news and why it's called good news, but there are a couple of problems. Because we tend to think, if God is yes for me, then everything is going to go cool, because God is good and controls everything. And my life is going to be a breeze, and then we have a car accident or cancer, or someone around us dies, something goes dreadfully wrong. And we cry out, And our precious dream is ripped away from us and we cry out in pain and figure, God, you must have chosen me for this. And that's awful. And it's understandable to feel that way. And in fact, if you're in great pain, 
The Bible is full of books where people call out to God in pain. In fact, there's a whole book in the Bible called Job that pretty much seems to exist to say, it isn't when bad things happen to you, it isn't because God went, I choose you for really tough stuff. I want you to have a really sucky time. And remember, Paul wrote this letter, this thing about all God's promises are yes in Christ is written when Paul had had a really tough time. In fact, a little bit earlier, he writes about suffering, and here's what he says, because this is God's response to suffering, is that God suffers with us. He writes of the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, he links what our pain and suffering with what happens with Christ on the cross. The key thing that our song doesn't have is all his promises are yes and amen in Christ. For Paul, somehow or another, we are wound up in the body of Christ. And what happened way back then with Jesus continues. And then there's a second problem. Well, challenge for me. If faith is saying yes to Jesus, and I want to say yes to Jesus all the time, but sometimes I don't want to tidy my room. And actually, sometimes that's woven pretty deep in me. Like, I want to say yes to Jesus and everything, but there are parts of me where it bubbles up from inside, and, and there's a part that says, no, it lurks in me. It is, I'll call it sin, maybe a hidden subconscious, brokenness. And actually in church, I sometimes wonder if what happens is, you know how we can be really nice to each other? And we're all wanting to say yes and be loving and that kind of stuff, but, but because it's bubbling up inside and we don't want to admit it, we can end up doing a kind of passive-aggressive thing where we're saying yes to God, but in our actions we're trying to say no. Have you come across that? Yeah, well, that, that happens to me sometimes. I think that I want all of me, God's focus for all of us is all of us. I want all of it to be saying yes to God. But I think sometimes there are parts of me that really want my way. And, and that what, this is why when you talk to people who have devoted their lives to prayer, they will tell you that prayer is hard work, that there's wrestling, that it's not always joy because there's this part of them that hasn't, it's okay, and we'll see why it's okay in a moment, but that still, still wants its own way. A part that wants to build my kingdom, not God's kingdom. And, and listen, I would say one of the ways that you can tell if you're saying yes to Jesus is it will be marked by wanting to see God's kingdom come, not yours. We, we, uh, and there's a difference. Who gets the glory? We sang uh, the, one of the songs we sang, My heart and my soul, I give you control. Surrendering to this God. Jesus called that kind of kingdom of God a place and space where God is in charge. And it's marked by truth and justice and love. Pono tika aloha. And they're not light things. And as I say, the song doesn't quite right because we sing all your promises are yes and amen and we're missing the in Christness of it. 
placing yourself, trusting in God. Because the lovely thing he writes next is for those of us who feel concerned. Oops, I'm afraid I cut off the top of it. Verse 21, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. So who does it? God does it. It is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. That's a sign of saying, yep, you, I've chosen you. That's like wearing badge. It's like putting on the hurricane's jersey. It's, <laughs> that got your head up. No, it's saying my team, this team, or for some of you, another team. Set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So even though, listen, there's times when this thing is bubbling up in me and I am wrestling with God and actually part of me wants to say no, it's okay, God's got this. Because who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ? It's God that does this. He's got this which I think is ultimately about us having to trust God. I know this looks like yesterday's prayer thing. You can't read it, it's too small, but there's a, uh, a repeating line in one of the prayer things that I do most days. It says, this one today says, If I stand, let me stand on your promise. When I fall, let me fall on your grace. Which I like because I do fall. So, if I can briefly summarize for you, what does all this mean for me? First and foremost, the good news is that God says yes to us in Jesus. Yes, yes, resounding yes with the dance. And we get to return our amen. But actually, we also have the right to say no. And how do you answer yes on the playground? Again, I think the test is Whose glory is this about? And often, I think you'll look for the marks of love and the eye for the outsider and the people that people maybe don't like. We're called to live the yes of God. I wanted to do a sermon on Anzac Day. I've actually done a lot of sermons on Anzac Day. The Anzacs left our country and gave up their lives. Um, they were actually saying yes and no to things. If you look at what they write about, they write about what, how they were, yes, standing up for Mother England, but they were trying to stand against things. Their life was a response of yes and no. And that's why I gave you the bits of paper, is that all the time we are answering yes and no. But we're also living in the age where there's discussions about all sorts of other things. And I don't ever want any of us, when we are in the many discussions about the nose of God, do not forget the huge, earth-shattering, resounding yes. God chose you and you and them and gave his all a resounding yes. That's our good news. So, I thought we'd close the service. Uh, I'll briefly play. Can I have the team up? We're going to sing yes and amen. You can stick in the words in Christ somewhere in the song. Probably doesn't matter where you put it in Christ. It'll probably work. Um, 
<laughs> no, you don't have to. No relics. No, 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 um, no challenge for you. And yeah, God, I pray now for all of us. Just, just pause us all for a moment. You chose us, and we say our response to you. We'll say our response to you in this song. We'll say our response to you when we walk out these doors. We'll say our response to you in the rest of our life. Keep bringing us back to that you chose us with a resounding yes. And we can trust that you will do what you said because your promises are yes and amen in Christ. Thanks. Amen. Um, so we're going to do something a little bit different. So uh, stand to your feet. I didn't run this by Colin, so he's got no idea. Um, just but my heart.